0: This is make it make
2: it kind. MIP with Massamella Matfumo,
0: Mark Thompson. Make
2: it kind. Get woke. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID-free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. once again it's Thursday you know what that means it's time for Thursday coach where we get to talk about everything political um, with one of the um, sharpest um, political analysts pollsters everything out there he he said to us over a month ago maybe longer that he said to us what people are coming to realize today there was this concern about, well, if Elizabeth Warren is picked as the nominee, the vice president's nominee, Republican governor would put a Republican Massachusetts. Marcos told us that, it been two months ago, that the legislature could just change that. Um, and so some folk could uh, finally, some people's comment you know, Mark, they could do that. I say, yeah, duh, Marcos already told me that. So uh, <laughs> we're happy to have him once again with us, joining us, dailycoast.com, joining us for th- Thursday Coast, the founder of Daily Coast, Marcos Malitzis, hey buddy, how are you, man?
3: Doing great. We're all staying safe. I hope you as well. You and your son?
2: Yeah, we're good. We're good. Uh, you know, New York is is threatening opening, but it looks like it's going to do it slowly.
3: Wow. It's coming down. Yeah, no, the numbers are looking better and better by the day, so yeah. it's a relief.
2: I, I think these reopenings, though, it's going to be a lot of like dipping the toe in the pool. I yeah. think because we just don't know. But refresh my memory. Now, where are you guys now in California? You all.
3: I'm in the Bay yeah. Area, I'm in Berkeley. Yeah, I know, I know, well, but I'm,
2: where where are you in terms of the reopening,
3: uh, uh, are you
2: all? The
3: governor has allowed some of the more rural states to more aggressively open up, aggressively being relative, I think. Um, the Bay Area and Los Angeles are both much more stringent because we've borne the worst of it, particularly LA. And uh, so they're, they're being more cautious, but they're letting construction happen now. They're letting the just here in the Bay Area allow curbside pickup at all businesses. So you still can't go in a store, but you can actually pick stuff up at the door. So little by little, it, it's cracking the door open, but we're still not allowed to, to congregate in any, in any numbers. And uh, I think we're definitely more cautious. We were more cautious from the beginning, and I think we may be some of the last people to it to open up. in the country because of that caution
2: um okay well that's good but but i know they're talking about phases here do you all have you all been given phase timelines and everything is is there a date even no what they're (laughs) doing
3: is is they just when they decide something can happen so this this curbside pickup at stores happened uh happened late last week and it was there was no magical date it wasn't the beginning of the month or anything and there wasn't even even any uh, advance notice, it just they sent out the announcement saying, "Okay, now we can do this." and I think that's the way they're taking it. They're not they're not putting themselves on any timelines. or letting the science dictate when they'll take that next step. And um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, uh, it very much seems that the virus is very difficult to pick up outdoors, and even more so if you're masked. So I'm hoping that we can loosen up some of those outdoor restrictions a little bit more. So if nothing else, my kids can see their friends because they're <laughs> they're dying.
2: All of us parents with kids are like, you know. <laughs> right. And my son and I have done well. I mean, we've kind of stayed out of each other's way. We bump in each other in the hallway a few times. Right. But everybody gets cabin fever. A couple of weeks ago, he was not not well. He was like, ah, you know, <laughs> we gotta do something. Um, but no, that's good to know. So, uh, folks, I should have gone, I, I, when I was telling y'all, when people were saying, you should evacuate New York, I should have gone out there with Mark. I should have gone to Marco's house. <laughs> stayed out in the Bay Area and just, I'd still be there, you know, it'd be beautiful. And the weather's beautiful, been great. What's the temperature now, man, by the way? What's the temperature out there?
3: We're in the mid 60s right now. It's pretty, it's pleasant. And we we had some late weird rain, which uh, was unseasonal, but it was obviously, anytime you get rain in California, it's a great deal. Mm-hmm. And it sort of postponed fire season for a couple of weeks. So. Um glad about that, but it's gonna get hot next week. It's looking okay. like we'll be hitting in the 80s. 80s. That's hot for, the, for us.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is hot, it is hot. But I bet it'll 80s. be nice though, I bet it'll be nice. It'll um, be nice. Elizabeth Warren, you feel that she's the right pick. Um, you're saying Joe Biden should just go ahead and do it.
3: So uh, my, I actually think her and Stacey Abrams are both equally good picks. Okay. The VP, we've talked about this, but for me, the number one job of a vice president is to get the ticket elected. Anything else is is, is sort of gravy. And uh, to me, one of the, the bigger challenges that Biden has, and we see it in the data, is the party's not fully united around him. Hillary Clinton had a more unified party four years ago at this point in time, hmm. even though the primary was still going, than Joe Biden has today. So I think it's very important for him to pick somebody that will unify the party uh, because unified party, we we we, I don't think we can lose. Um, and I, the two people that are that are credible, that are female, that have that credibility in the party's left flank are Elizabeth Warren and uh, and Stacey Abrams. And for reasons that I don't know, I don't think Abrams has gotten a fair shake. Uh, I think they've dismissed her too quickly. And particularly, we had a civics poll on Tuesday that showed that uh, Biden is winning Georgia, 48, 47. and we're tied in both Senate races. So having uh, Abrams may actually be a strong um, boost in that state, in addition to you know that the region, Florida, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but for whatever reason, she hasn't gotten a fair shake. So. But it's not even at this point, it's not I'm pushing for Warren. It's the signs are all pointing to Warren to the point that on Tuesday night, uh, Joe Biden tweeted an entire string about Elizabeth and I and Elizabeth and I, and then ended with a picture of them two together. And everything about that screamed, this is the ticket. Or if nothing else, we're really auditioning the heck out of this. What do you guys think? Mm -hmm. And nobody, the other two names that I hear that are still in contention are, uh, are Senators Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota and Kamala Harris of California, and neither of them have gotten that kind of attention. Neither of them have done joint fundraising calls like Warren and, and Biden did last week. Uh, both um, top senior staff in the Biden camp, Ron Klein, Klain, who's going to be his first chief of staff, he was chief of staff as VP, and uh, former senator ted kaufman both of them had been very complimentary towards warren and and her name just keeps popping up over and over again when you're talking about biden in a way that nobody else so it after that thread on tuesday night it's like just just go ahead and call it because it's clear that's the direction uh they're headed and i do think it unifies the party i think it generates a lot of excitement and biden himself making phone calls fundraising phone calls two donors with Elizabeth Warren last week said, on video, said, my fundraising was never as good as when Elizabeth Warren endorsed me. Mm -hmm. And they need that smaller dollar donations. And and there's two people that we know of those top contenders that can raise small dollar donations who have the history of that, Elizabeth Warren and Stacey Abrams.
2: Yeah, I I guess what I would say, though, is is he seems to be teasing doing like, chess drives with several of them. Cause you know, he did the big town hall on MSNBC last week on The Last Road with Lawrence O'Donnell with Stacey Abrams. And that was like, whoa, you know. Uh, but I will say this, in the beginning when he first had, you know, when the nomination was was his outright, one of the first things he did was do a little videos and pictures with Kamala. She then, uh, through the DNC, was asked to and tasked to set up a a a joint fundraising thing with them and Biden. So it just kind of looks like he's trying to see, and I know some politicians do that with anyway. they'll they'll try an appearance with someone even to see what the reaction of the voters is. You know, so um to have done that with Stacy and Kamlin now Elizabeth looks like he's trying things out. Now I I, I have not seen the fundraising um, combination Biden, Klobuchar yet, not seen that, and not seen as many uh, video appearances. So, um, you know, we'll-, we'll yeah. Say, uh, I'm uh,
3: surprised, uh, yeah, I'm surprised people say Klobuchar is still in the mix because she has sort of fallen out in any of those discussions that, as far as I can tell. And she brings nothing to the ticket that Biden himself already doesn't bring. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mm-hmm. appeals that, you know, working class, you know, uh, Pennsylvania, so I'm not sure why he would need somebody uh, like Klobuchar. And I don't think she has any juice in Wisconsin and, and, and Michigan. She certainly didn't in any primary uh, polling. But um, the 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 Abraham stuff is cool. Everybody I talked to says she's out. Everybody, nobody thinks she's actually fully in contention and and what I, my my ideal if if i had if I had my say it's it, and if you're not gonna pick abrams as Vp what you do is you yeah you you announce Warren as vP but then you start talking about the shadow cabinet and then you you give abrams like attorney general like you you know it's you give her something juicy and one of the top ranking positions uh administration positions and then send her out in a campaign trail um I think that's what you do and
2: and, and I hope and, he- and then you put Kamala on the Supreme Court.
3: Oh. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> no joke. Maybe, um,
2: maybe we shouldn't say it is out loud. Maybe we should because we don't want to, you know, you I'm don't, don't want to wake up. Too much. <laughs> like, you don't want to wake up your enemies too much. You know, that's 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 a lot. To, to, <laughs> they, they, they'll really go crazy behind that. Yeah. So yeah, I hear you.
3: Abrams on the Supreme Court would be fantastic too. Either we, one. We have so many great options. Um, and it, it's a wealth of of, uh, of options. I mean, for for buying yeah. the sisters. So that's that's why to me it's the unified the party is so critical. And and unfortunately, Harris doesn't do that. She doesn't have any real credibility in the party's left. Like I said, the two candidates that do are Warren and Abrams. And I would be ecstatic with either of them.
2: Yeah. Now I'm intrigued about what you're saying. What what is now sounding? Because I hadn't thought about this before. Duh. What is sounding more attractive to me? Or what you just said about Georgia. Uh, you know, you, you put states on ticket. Uh, you know, that's, and you, how long have you and I been talking about the viability of Georgia?
0: Oh my uh, God. Uh, the-
2: right, and 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 you know what, Marcos, see I'm getting scared as we're looking at the Trump and everyone combating mail, voting by mail. Jared, you know, them raising the questions whether it's really gonna be an election. It's gonna be some funny business. You You need someone. Who can really mobilize voters who otherwise might not be mobilized? Now, don't get me wrong, I love Elizabeth. I was with you from the very beginning. The ticket, Warren Harris, Harris Warren, we're good. Didn't work out that way. Um, but we know what have you not talked about? You gotta mobilize voters, and particularly black voters in Georgia. You do that, you got Georgia. So to hear you say that, man, you know.
3: Oh, the case for Abrams is, is rock solid. Now, I will say that what Warren brings to the ticket, a little, it's okay. different.
2: Okay, right. So,
3: what Warren brings to the ticket is suburban educated white women. That was her primary base. And Nancy Pelosi is Speaker of the House because of everybody, right? But suburban educated white women were the one Trump demographic that flipped. And it's the reason we have the governorships in Louisiana, blood red; Kentucky, blood red. It's the reason we took control of the trifecta in Virginia last year in 2019. Uh, those suburbs are absolutely critical, and and you're looking at Bucks County in Pennsylvania. You're looking at the, the I think they're called the three Ws: the, the Milwaukee suburbs, which actually helped win the Supreme Court race by 10 points when we've been losing races by by or even winning races by half a percent in Wisconsin. Those suburbs are switching hard and she actually has juice there. So it's a a different look than what Abrams, what Abrams has been taking is, you would would basically put her on this sort of circle where she'd hit Milwaukee, Detroit, Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, Philly, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Miami, uh, the research triangle, Raleigh, Durham, Rinse, lather, repeat, right? And you just put her in that circle and then and she'd be activating and bringing out that vote. Uh, war would be a little different. Um, they're both base expanding um, strategies. And I don't think one's better than the other. I'm not going to say, um, I'm not going to, that's why I think they're both great. And because to me, the number one job is to win. We have to freaking win. <laughs> and so which one gives us the best chance of winning? And I look at Harris, and Harris would be a great VP. Um, she doesn't have that that proven ability to really rally the black vote. She failed at it. That was her entire strategy in, in the primary, and she totally failed at it. Biden was better at it than she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at Klobuchar, I don't know what she brings to the ticket, right, nothing. So when you look at those top contenders, only two of them actually help drive more votes, and that's Warren and, and Abrams. And that's why I like them both. Now, again, I think the, the, all the signs are pointing to Warren uh, to the point, like we've talked about, even Barack Obama tweeting out uh, praise for Warren. Uh, and Obama doesn't do anything without calculating uh, how it's gonna be received and with a broader strategy. So I'm guessing it's Warren, not because I'm rooting for her, because I'm rooting for both of them, Abrams and Warren, just because that's where it seems to be headed.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, I, I, I will say this, and I like Warren too. Um, I will say this, many African American influences that I communicate with say, that they, and a group of black women actually released something uh, on, Angela Rye organized a group of black women, Tasha Brown, Brittany Packnett, a bunch of black women came together and said, we want a black woman on the ticket period because of what black women have done in these past two election cycles, at least if not historically, and what they did for Joe Biden in South Carolina. So I, I still think it would be, um, and he has to know this, it would it would be wise for the Biden campaign to handle that very, very carefully. Um, there are even black women who were with Warren, who I have spoken with and assumed they were advocating for Elizabeth to be the VP. But even they're saying, well, we're with her for the presidency, but now we want also a black woman. Their position was they would support Elizabeth for the presidency, but if Elizabeth won the nomination, they would still want a black woman. So I, I, I can't be I can't ignore the fact that that is a, a very serious factor, even though uh-huh. what what you are presenting is plausible. It makes sense on the surface, but anything, any the slightest thing that would make, what was it a difference of 80,000 votes in 2016, that would make just 80,000 black folk across Wisconsin, Pennsylvania and Michigan stay home or might, you know, cause us to lose by a handful of votes in Georgia, is scary. So I just think we have to, you know. That's
3: why, yeah, if he picks Warren, uh, that's why I'm I'm really big on the shadow cabinet idea. It's, It's, we're gonna put, you know, he's gotta come out, he's gotta say, we're gonna put black women, just black people in general, but black women in charge of top tier you know uh cabinet positions not, not not like HUD or some you know low level something but you know it's gotta be Secretary of State it's gotta be Attorney General it's gotta be uh, those are the top two right
2: yeah yeah that's that's what it's gotta be. Even now, defense. Right. Like Susan right in
3: defense. I mean there's yeah.
2: Yeah I uh, no no all of that is is absolutely necessary. But but you said something that kind of surprised me though I was not aware talk to us about this that the party is less unified with Biden than it was with Hillary?
3: Yeah. So we're looking at, we've been at Civics, we were tracking the 2016 election. And so we have Hillary Clinton's favorables in that time with members of the party. And Joe Biden is running about six, seven net points behind Hillary Clinton. And at this point in time, at this point in time, while she was still in the middle of fighting a primary with with Bernie and Biden, of course, is already done with his primary. So that is concerning. And if we dig deeper into the numbers, it is young Democrats that are really not sold on Biden. And a lot of that could very well be sort of sour grapes because most of these people were Bernie supporters in the primary. But that was the same case in 2016. So there is. um. Um, that is particularly concerning. And uh it's something that 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 Biden campaign has to really, really work on for sure. Because keep in mind, right now, nationally, Biden's up about eight points. He is winning in every single one of the seven battleground states, and that's without having fully rallied youth support. So just imagine, you know, we talk about what the, the Trumps are doing to try to delegitimize the results of, the, of of this November's elections. If we win these seven states by one point, two points, it's gonna give them every opportunity to scream that it was stolen, right? But if we are winning these by three to five points because youth vote turned out, in addition to everybody else, it's a whole different story and it makes it a lot harder for them to try to make that case that it was stolen. So it is gonna be critical for Biden to narrow that gap I'm definitely watching it very closely because it's it is right now probably his weakest Achilles heel uh yeah. in the site in, in in his current political status is that he is weak with young voters.
2: Yeah, yeah. So gotta pick that up. But you you said Georgia is now very viable for us. They're two so, seats.
3: Yes. So Civics went in in you know we did a public poll of georgia and we found that biden is ahead 48 to 47. now i know there are people saying oh that's a liberal daily coast right i mean this is scientific polling we're not we're not putting our finger on the scale but in case anybody's really that suspicious there have been three republican polls out of georgia in the last two weeks every single one of them showing Biden up by a point Mm -hmm. and those were republican polls So the Republican Party in Georgia clearly leaked those numbers because they're afraid that their party is taking Georgia for granted. Me, you know, I just, this is reality. Look, everybody, Georgia is legit a purple state. Doesn't mean Biden's going to win it. It means we have to fight hard for it, but it's, it's, it's at worst, it's tied. And just as excitingly, there are two Senate races in Georgia this year, and Democrats are tied or slightly ahead, depending on who the nominee is, we haven't had the primary yet, uh, tied or slightly ahead in those two races. Now, Georgia has this, has this quirk that you need 50% of the vote to win. And if in the general election, if you don't get 50%, there's a runoff in January and we always get crushed in the runoff, the, the, our votes just drop off. And this is, by the way, this is very Jim Crow. I mean, literally, it's a, it's a system put in place to keep black candidates from winning to sneaking in because of a divided field. And, uh, and it's, it's worked actually, it's worked very, very, very well. And, um, the, uh, the, um, That'll be a challenge, that if we, it doesn't look like anybody's going to get 50%. So we're going to have two runoff elections in January. We have to get our vote out because these are going to be two Senate seats that are going to be critical for what we can accomplish in the Senate. And, and Mark, I'm going to ask you, one of the candidates running in these races is Raphael Warnock. Are you familiar with him?
2: Yes, I am. Yeah. Uh, uh, from Ebenezer.
3: Yeah. Yep. Can you tell me a little bit about him? Because on paper, he looks
2: fantastic. Yeah. No, he's, he's, a, he's a good person. Uh, and a very impressive person, um, very intelligent, uh, and he comes out of the civil rights tradition. So yeah, uh, you know, I, 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 he's he'd be a he'd be a good person if he can pull it off. And it's high time that and I mean, why can't an African American? I mean, we almost had an African American in the Senate, in North Carolina. I don't know if you've been watching the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan piece, because that came up. You remember Michael wouldn't take a picture with Harvey. Yeah. Um. So, same thing for Georgia. I mean, where we make up such a large portion. of, I mean, is is the is the African American electorate at fifty percent of the Georgia electorate? Is it, it or, or is. close to it? It we ought to be.
3: It's it's so. What we we, it's ah. Oh, I literally wrote it in a piece on the poll, and I'm, the numbers are are escaping me. Okay. Uh, but it, it's white Georgians are about eighty eight percent Republican. And Black Georgians are about 96% Democratic. Sure, and if sure. you look at the percentage of, of the votes, I think it's around 40% okay. is, is where the, the Black electorate is. And Latinos are a growing population in Georgia. I think they're around 6 or 7%. It, it's kind of creeping up. And, uh, but of the Democratic vote in Georgia, the total, it's about 80% of it is Black votes.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that that to... Oughta- work it's high time that happened. no Raphael's a good guy for sure for sure so
3: he's one of the best he he runs amongst the best of the democratic candidates so i'm i'm pulling for him in the primary which is next month it's coming up a couple of weeks
2: yeah, yeah yeah um well, well, well that's good. is is georgia going to do a vote by mail yeah good good yeah so kemp is going to allow that. yes All at right. least
3: in, in the in the in the primary
2: in the primary, room.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure oh. what's going to happen in that in the in the general.
2: Trump is fighting vote by mail everywhere.
3: Yeah, even though he voted
2: by mail. Right, that's different though. Right. So okay for him to vote by mail, not the rest of us. It. Yes. It's just just privileged white dudes like him. <laughs> Everybody else who does it uh, uh, has to be, you know, has to be cheating somehow. So you know, it,
3: it's, it's just a really quick. Tangent is, it shows how weak he knows he is.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if he
3: thought he really had America behind him, he wouldn't be worried about digging up dirt on Hunter Biden or going after Barack Obama now or all these schemes. He would run on his record, but he has no record. So he is panicked, and he, now he's fighting the ability of people to vote. That's weak. He is weak.
2: I think they should, let, they should subpoena Obama to testify. Let him sit up there for 17 hours like Hillary. I think, that, I think that'd be a good <laughs> but, thing, Marcos.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm hoping nobody shows up. Let Republicans get a little bit of taste of their own medicine. They didn't think they needed to show up, so why should any Democrats?
2: Well, but I'm saying people will watch Obama.
3: <laughs> it would be fantastic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully he wouldn't be constrained by the office of the presidency. Just You have a little <laughs> give and take. They say something, they say, "Oh well, no, no, this is what it really is. You know, and that's, I think that might mobilize us. I, I think that would, be, that would be a good thing. So, as I said at the outset, there, there's, there's, there are those who wanna sabotage November altogether. You think there's any chance the election in November might not happen?
3: It's constitutionally set. So I, I don't see how there is any avenue for them to move it. Um, I don't even think the Supreme Court, just like it's constitutionally said that if you steal an election, there's no remedy for it. There's no do-over in the constitution. We were stuck with Trump no matter what we found. Right. So um the uh I, I don't think now I think they may try. I think they may make noise about it. Uh, I think they'll create, but a lot of it won't be, I don't think it'll be to actually try to. Delay it. I think it'll be create that certain uncertainty and sense of chaos that then Trump can use to 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 delegitimize the results of the election. Now again, I don't know even if he claims it's he won and it was fraud, and of course there's no proof of fraud because there won't be. He has no remedy, just like we had no remedy when he got elected based on on Russian meddling, but. Um, He'll try. I mean, they'll do everything they can to delegitimize Joe Biden next year so that they can try to harm him and and try to win back Congress two years from now, right? I mean, it's the same game they pulled on Obama, just amplified a million times because now it's Donald Trump in the White House. And he's not bound by any notion of decorum or tradition or history or anything at all. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, one of the things about Georgia... In in a in a tragic way. I still think people will be mobilized in Georgia by the Ahmad Arbery case. You know those types of things tend to because you want to do something. Yeah. And there's a level of helplessness, and so when there's nothing else you can do, then you vote you know yeah. you you do everything you can to vote so i I'd, I'd like to think that that's going to make a big difference in georgia as well georgia's um could could be a very important i mean that could be a very important focus in georgia i fully
3: is. yeah i fully expect Stacey abrams to be really engaged whether she's on a ticket or not uh that's been her fight for the last 2 years since since she was basically robbed she should be governor of georgia right. but she was robbed and uh there's no reason for her to stop that work and like i said i hope that she's doing it from a position of i will be on a cabinet as you know maybe attorney general or but um it is um i i really love the work that she is doing it's god's work and and georgia should not be a red state it should not even be a purple state it should be a blue state if we had t- the turnout we need in the black and latino community Um, When Stacey started running, there were 700,000 unregistered African-Americans just in Metro Atlanta alone. Uh, And of course, Georgia has a lot of rural black um, residents who aren't usually targeted in these kind of voter drives. So um, there is a lot of people that should be voting who for lots of historical reasons and willful suppression haven't had a chance or haven't been pulled into that process. And that's what Abrams has been doing. I know she registered a couple hundred thousand in her gubernatorial bid, and it almost, almost, almost was enough to overcome the margin of fraud. And she hasn't stopped. She hasn't stopped since then. So um, that's the kind of work that, that we need to do in Georgia. And I'm telling you, South Carolina is just the same way. South yeah. Carolina should be a purple state. Texas, with the Latino community, should be a blue state, should be a solid blue state. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a lot of work to do with these marginalized communities in some of these states. Uh, And if we do that work, and this is what really pisses me off about a lot of the the progressive movement's white billionaire donors, is that they're not putting money into those communities because they don't understand that it's not their people, right? A lot of them are putting money still and trying to win back farmers. Like, no, (laughs) this is is the game. There is no Republican – there's no viable National Republican Party if we flip South Carolina, maybe Georgia solid – uh, we locked down Florida as well. We have 2 million now enfranchised felons able to vote. We've been losing elections by 50,000 votes, 30,000 votes. Let's get these people registered. Right. Right. Uh, and uh, in Texas, I mean, there's there's not much of a national Republican party if those states turn solidly blue. And we only do that if we rally and engage and motivate and activate those marginalized communities in those states. Uh, and I mean, we're seeing Stacey Abrams is showing us what happens when you really focus and dedicate energy into getting people into pulling people into the political process who have otherwise been disenfranchised.
2: Couldn't we also add Mississippi to
3: that list? Mississippi, man. So 40% Black population, Uh, the white vote in Mississippi is 92% Republican. So it could very well be if we had maximum black turnout mm-hmm. and we made some inroads into that white vote. Yeah, it could very well be at least a purple state.
2: Because you know Mike Espy is running again for Senate. Uh, when you get him in, I'd, l- I'd love to hear what the numbers are in Mississippi if you all get a chance to take a look at it. But yeah, all those states, we would activate everyone in the way they should be. They would at the very least be purple. But as you said, many of them shouldn't even be purple. So yeah. that's real. Marcos Melissas, founder of dailycoast.com, the largest online progressive community, uh, and also hosting his own YouTube show, The Brief, which airs also, uh, airs on does it air on Thursdays too? Uh, uh,
3: it, it airs on Thursdays, yes, later today. And Mark, I don't know how you do this every day. <laughs> Me doing it once a week, and it's only 30, 20, 30 minutes. It's a lot of work.
2: Well, but think about it, you know, when I was still on uh, terrestrial radio and whatnot, I, at one time in my career, you know, I did uh, four hours a day, live on air. So this is, this is, this is a big, and I've had to get used to doing less in uh-huh. the podcast world, but yeah, I used to do four hours a day, man. So, you know, wow. it's, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Uh, folks, check out The Brief on YouTube with uh, with Marcos. Last week, he did do a show on the Ahmad Arbery case. Thank you, buddy, as always. And yeah. for okay. that weather.
3: Thanks. All right. Have a great weekend.
2: All right. You too, man. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain.